all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. Good morning, Southern Remedy listeners. This is Healthy and Fit, and I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Assistant Professor of Nursing and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today, we continue our American Heart Month series with Eating for a Healthy Heart. And our guest today is Olivia McKay, Registered Dietitian at Wellness Systems. We want to answer your questions about heart-healthy nutrition and lowering your risk of heart disease. Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or send us an email at fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the news. From NPR News in Washington, I'm Lori London. President Trump is hosting a a Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau at the White House today. NPR's Jackie Northam reports the visit points to an early sign of cooperation as Trudeau seeks to nurture economic ties while avoiding tensions over issues such as immigration. President Trump and Prime Minister Trudeau differ greatly when it comes to politics, worldview and refugees. What they do share is NAFTA. About $500 billion worth of trade passes between Canada and the U.S. each year. Yet Trump has made it clear he is no fan of NAFTA and that he'd like to rip up or at least renegotiate the trade deal. Canadian officials say they're confident of the strong relationship with the U.S. and have no problem tinkering with the agreement. It's been done several times in the past. What Canada does oppose is any plan by the Trump administration to impose tariffs, which could lead to a trade war between these two major trading partners. Jackie Northam, NPR News. Nearly 200,000 residents remain under evacuation orders. As the area around a huge dam in California's second largest reservoir is in a state of emergency. Authorities are working to fix erosion of the emergency spillway, which could unleash uncontrolled floodwaters if it fails. Lake Oroville, which is about 150 miles northeast of San Francisco, had water levels so high that an emergency spillway was used Saturday for the first time in almost 50 years. Two days before Boeing employees in South Carolina vote on whether to join a union, nearly 3,000 workers are holding a rally about a mile from the aerospace giant's plant in North Charleston. South Carolina Public Radio's Alexandra Olgan reports this large effort is underway in the state with the lowest union membership in the nation. The International Association of Machinists plans to rally with some Boeing workers this afternoon close to the company's North Charleston plant. Workers are set to vote Wednesday on whether to join the IAM. This is the second time the union has tried to organize Boeing employees in South Carolina. The aerospace giant opposes the union and has been campaigning against it with ads and billboards. The union has also been campaigning leading up to the vote. The IAM reports it represents 35,000 Boeing employees at 24 locations in the U.S. 
For NPR News, I'm Alexandra Olgan in Charleston, South Carolina. Global stock markets rose today after Wall Street hit a new high on Friday and a meeting between President Trump and Japan's prime minister appeared to soothe tensions over trade currency. The Dow is currently up 114 points at 20,384. The S&P 500 up 10. The Nasdaq Composite gains 27. This is NPR. The fight over the Dakota Access Pipeline is not over. A federal judge in Washington is hearing arguments later today on whether to stop work on the pipeline until a legal battle with Native American tribes is resolved. The Standing Rock and Cheyenne River Sioux argue that it threatens their drinking water and sacred burial sites. France's interior minister has called for calm as attacks on police continue in some Paris suburbs. NPR's Eleanor Beardsley reports the anger is not dissipating after police allegedly abused a detainee 10 days ago. A resident in the upper floor of an apartment building filmed hooded youths attacking a public bus with rocks in the town of Argenteuil. The Paris suburb filled with public housing was once known for its river scenes painted by Impressionists. Young men have been burning cars and clashing with police for the last 10 days after allegations police sexually abused a black man in custody. Since the incident, other young men have come forward with similar stories of police abuse with a truncheon. Interior Minister Bruno Leroux called for calm and said peaceful demonstrations were welcome. But, said LaRue, we will not tolerate those who are exploiting the situation to attack police. Eleanor Beardsley in Pierre News, Paris. So from the other side. Well, even if she did flub a live performance honoring the late George Michael, Adele walked away with five Grammys at this year's awards show. She beat out Beyonce in the top three categories. This is NPR. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Blue Vine, offering businesses revolving lines of credit to cover expenses, make payroll, purchase supplies, and to expand. Credit lines up to $100,000. Learn more at BlueVine.com. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show fit at mpbonline.org. And now, Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Assistant Professor of Nursing and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today I'm so excited to have Olivia McKay in the studio with me. Uh, Olivia is a registered dietitian at Wellness Systems, and we want to answer your questions today about heart-healthy eating and how to lower your risks of heart disease. So if you have questions about how to eat for a healthy heart, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Olivia. Good morning. I'm so happy that you're here. This is my, one of my favorite topics. I can just talk about nutrition all day long. But tell me what you do on a day-to-day basis. 
I work for Wellness Systems, as you mentioned, and we do primarily individual one-on-one nutrition counseling. We also have done some group programming around different topics, such as weight loss or um we haven't done a heart health, but we surely could do one. There's it's a lots to talk time. about. I know. It's the perfect time to do that. You know, uh, February is, of course, Valentine's Day as well. So all around the stores, all you see are big red hearts and, mm-hmm. and talk about love. And so I think that's a perfect tie-in to it being American Heart Month. So while we're seeing all these hearts and candy hearts around, we should be thinking about how we take care of our heart. And that's what we want to talk about today. And uh, I want to kind of start with um, why nutrition is important for heart health. What kind of role does it play in heart health? Nutrition actually plays a large role in heart health. Well, whether you're trying to prevent heart disease or if you've suffered some type of heart issue like a heart attack, trying to prevent further complications down the road. The choices you make with food really affect the things inside of your body. And like we've talked about uh, this month, heart health is is more than just high blood pressure. You know, heart health is high blood pressure, it's high cholesterol, it's blood sugar, and all three of those things can be addressed with nutrition. Correct. Right. And so, you know, the American Heart Association actually has a a campaign out now called Healthy for Good. And I really like that title because it implies that you're making a healthy choice that will last a lifetime. And that's really what's so important when we're talking about making healthy nutrition choices and lowering your risk of heart disease is we have to make changes that we are able to sustain for a long period of time, make healthy lifestyle changes instead of bouncing from these different diets. So that's what I always hear um, from my patients is, well, what about this diet or what about this diet? And we've talked about fad diets on this show, but remind our listeners why that's so bad for us to kind of bounce from diet to diet. Well, my saying with regards to diets is when you go on a diet, it implies that you're going to come off of it. So that is not long-term change. And as soon as you go off to it, you go right back to those bad habits and those health problems that you had before or that were coming on slowly, whether you had them full on or not, they'll still happen. So going on a diet is not going to be a long-term solution at all. It is like looking in a mirror. That is the exact same thing I tell folks. When you go on something, that means at some point in time you will go off of something. Right. And really healthy nutrition and healthy eating patterns are, are what you do for a life. And I actually find it a little bit more freeing that way. You know, when you're on a diet and it's pretty restrictive. It most is. Of them. You know, it's well, I can't have this. I can't have this. Right. I can't have this. And when you slip up and you do have that, then you also serve yourself a big heaping of, of guilt because you right. have failed this, this diet and you may move on to another one. When you're just having a healthy eating pattern or a healthy lifestyle change, you can have a little cake if you want to. You yes. know? And yes. you kind of give yourself permission to do that. But when you're on on a diet, everything seems kind of off limits. So if you guys that are listening have any questions about any particular diet or um, how to kind of go about starting uh, a lifestyle change or a healthy eating pattern to lower your heart risk, give us a call at one 672 7464 Now, these fad diets... 
that we've talked about in the past, kind of bouncing from one diet to another. What does that do to our bodies? Why is that bad? Well, most of them, as I mentioned, are quite restrictive. So they cut out complete food groups, which each food group has important components that we need, nutritional values, whether it's nutrients or vitamins. So we don't need to cut out food groups in general. Also, yo-yoing up and down is just as bad on your health as being obese. So even just losing 15, 20 pounds and gaining that back up and down, up and down is just as bad for us. Right. And that's that yo-yoing is so important. So a lot of these fad diets do work in the short term because you're restricting right so you're going to lose weight you know you're going to drop 10 15 pounds in a relatively short time frame but you're not going to be able to maintain that the the vast majority of people are not going to be able to maintain that being so restrictive over time that's right and right so you gain that weight back and then you move on you may even gain a little extra usually that's what happens when you lose 20 pounds you gain back 23 pounds and think of it if you lose it very quickly you're not losing just fat you're losing muscle and that's what drives metabolism. So in terms of weight management, you're shooting yourself in the foot by losing that muscle. Right. That muscle mass, as you're saying, kind of drives your calorie burn. Correct. So when you, you know, uh, go on very low calorie diets or very low carb diets and you start to lose weight, I mean, you're breaking down muscle to, to lose that weight. And really, you're slowing down your metabolism. That's why you often lose that weight very quickly and then you kind of hit up a plateau and you don't lose anymore. Right. And a lot of folks then say, well, I got to take something else away to kind of jumpstart my my weight loss again. And it's just a really bad pattern that folks get into. So we really want you to try and stay away from uh, bouncing from diet to diet. Find something that will work for you that you'll be able to do for a lifetime. So uh, we all kind of that, that do this on a routine basis have kind of a, a go-to tip that we give folks for beginning to make dietary changes or lifestyle, lifestyle changes. And my number one tip is changing the size of your plate. So um, the normal plate that we use in our dish sets is about a 10-inch plate, which is a little bit larger than it was even, you know, 40 or 50 years ago. Right. So as we've gotten bigger, our plates have gotten bigger so that we can fit more onto them. So my number one tip is to change to that medium-sized plate that comes with the dishes. That's usually the salad plate. And put the appropriate serving sizes on that plate, and and you have a whole plate of food that you're not automatically mad at yourself for. If you put a normal serving size on a big plate... It looks feels large right yeah. you're like where's all my food i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be full when i finish this plate and you're kind of already angry at yourself right. before you even start so that's kind of my number one tip what's kind of your number one tip for jump starting a, a, a nutritional change i think to pick one or two things that you want to work on changing at a time i don't think you need to change everything in your diet all at once i don't think that's the way for long-term success i think it's really difficult to change everything but think about it what what if you wanted to choose one or two things and like water, right? Maybe you're not getting enough water and you know you need to get more. Well, let me work on getting my eight, eight ounce glasses a day. Let me just do that for a week. And then the next week you pick on, pick something else. Maybe you notice you're eating a lot of fried food. So you don't have to completely cut it out. But if you start cutting back and set a parameter, I'm only going to have it once, twice a week. And maybe that's a big improvement for you. So just pick one or two things at a time. Don't try to do everything 
all at once. That's a great tip for setting achievable goals and setting yourself up for success. And we would love to talk to you guys today about how to make those achievable goals. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, Or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. So I really do love that. You know, I think people try and change too much at one time and they're not able to keep up with it because we're all so busy you make you think you have to change every single thing overnight and it's just not attainable and achievable in the long run you know I tell folks that you know you you didn't gain weight overnight and so you shouldn't lose it overnight as well that it's going to be a process and so setting up those really you know, set yourself up for success, these really achievable goals of just changing one thing. And I've even had to 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 work on that. You know, I'll go to the grocery store and I want to buy all the healthy foods that are there. You know, and I might buy apples and oranges and bananas and blueberries and all these different fruits. And then I don't and then eat they them. Sit. <laughs> right. They go, they go bad. So now I've decided, I've picked, you know, we're getting two fruits this week, you know, so yesterday I went to the store, we got apples, we got oranges, and those are the two fruits that we're eating this mm-hmm. week. And next week we can get some different ones if we want, but I'll eat those up, you know, before they go bad. So just set yourself up to be successful with that. Right. So I mentioned at the beginning of the show this um, Healthy for Good uh, campaign by the American Heart Association. And what I, the other thing I really like about it is there's a place to sign up to join the movement. So motivation is a big issue when you're trying to work on your diet or your physical activity and being accountable to someone. So by signing up for this program, which I did this morning, they will send me email, kind of motivational emails and information, reminders, reminders to do things, different tips throughout the day. So it's a good little little nudge. Even if you don't open the email, just seeing it come across your inbox gets me thinking about, oh, wait, maybe right. I it, shouldn't. It triggers that, yeah. oh, yeah, this is what I'm working on. This right. is what I'm working towards. Right. So if you want to check it out, you can go to healthyforgood.heart.org and um, sign up for the Healthy for Good movement there. Now, the tenets of this uh, campaign are Eat Smart add color, move more, and be well. And so we're kind of talking about the eat smart and the add color. When we say um, add color, we're talking about fruits and veggies, and we're going to talk to everybody about how to add more fruits and veggies to your diet when we come back from the break. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 For the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. 
I'm Robert Krulwich from Radiolab. We're told that smell triggers memories in the brain. So if you're in your car, let's try something. Roll up your windows and inhale, okay? There are some memories you cherish and others that just um, linger. But now here's a thought. How about contributing this barrel of aroma that is your car to your favorite public radio station? And you might even get a tax deduction. Thanks. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, here with my guest, registered dietitian Olivia McKay. And we are answering your questions today about heart-healthy nutrition and ways to make heart-healthy changes to lower your risk of heart disease. And before we went to the break, we were talking about fruits and veggies and kind of how to add those into your diet. And actually what we were talking about on the break is how you get kids to buy into eating more veggies. Because I know I have two little ones and they look at me like I have three heads when I tell them that we're going to eat vegetables. They just run the other way and hide. So what are some tips for getting our kids to eat these veggies? Well, I have two young ones too. I have a five and seven year old. They don't look at me like that anymore, but they're not completely on board yet so we're gonna have I still have some room to go but basically we have a two bite minimum rule in our house and I always try to put something new a couple of times a week on their plate and I accompany it with things that they do I know that they do like and they do approve of so it's not all foreign on their plate but they have to try at least two bites of everything I tell them they don't have to like it but they have to try it. And we've gotten to the point that they know that rule, and at least they don't fight that rule. They still fight the vegetables, (laughs) but they are tasting it. And over time, it just takes a while. You eat with your eyes. The way it smells affects you. The texture affects you. All of this affects whether you like a food or not. So it just takes time sometimes to develop an appreciation for it. I tell them some things I don't particularly love, but I still eat because I know that they're, they're beneficial. Right. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't love broccoli. I'm just, you That's know. one I don't like as much either, but we still have it every mm-hmm. now and then because they may grow to love it. Right. And I don't want to impede that in them, even though it's that not my favorite. That is an excellent point in, in not putting your food biases onto your kids. You know, right. just because you don't like it doesn't mean they won't right. love it. So still give it a try. And, you know, I, I make everybody do the, you know, the two bite minimum that's what we're going to do this week everybody because even the hubby doesn't necessarily love some of these veggies so he doesn't know but it's coming this week you're going to have to eat two bites of whatever i put on your plate so um 
What about dips and things? I know some moms are unsure whether, you know, can they serve ranch with their veggies to get the kids to eat that? Or is that just a terrible no-no? No, I think that's fine. I think there are some healthier dips than others. You want to do things that are uh, have some benefit, like a hummus would be a good dip to try. It's got a heart-healthy bean in it and right. the olive oil. It's got a lot of flavor, and it's great with raw vegetables. But I think uh, my kids love, we always have spinach salad on hand. Always. They will eat salad. So I get the spinach variety. It's got a little bit more nutritional value than some of the other lettuces. And and they do like ranch. And so I concede that to help them eat their salad. And that's a good tip. You know, the when you're picking a, a lettuce, usually the darker lettuces the leafier, are, are going to have greens. more nutrients than, say, your iceberg Correct. lettuce is going to have. So, um I don't stick to one particular type. I kind of buy what's on sale. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if spinach is on sale, that's what we that's go the for. Winner. If kale is on sale, then we get kale um, and, and kind of, and it's, even if it's a little bit more expensive, sometimes I'll just kind of mix it with one of the cheaper lettuces to kind of make it stretch a little bit further than that. So you mentioned heart healthy beans and oils. What, what does it mean when we say something is heart healthy in terms of nutrition? There are some things about a diet that make it more heart healthy. One, it's it's got a moderate to low fat in it so we don't want foods that have a lot of fat we want the right types of fats we want to choose the monounsaturated fats predominantly over the saturated fats Um, beans are a great source of soluble fiber which is one of the two types of fiber we want to try to get in and the soluble fiber it's found in beans also oatmeal that actually helps lower cholesterol in your body Um, also low in sodium Those are are kind of the tips that make foods more heart Heart healthy. healthy. And so um, sodium is salt is what is what sodium is. And that is really affecting people's blood pressure is one of the things that sodium does. It makes us hold on to a little bit more water, makes our blood pressure go up. So where are there kind of hidden sodium in foods that we might not think about? Most of the sodium that we intake is not actually from the salt shaker. Most of it is from processed foods. So you really need to make a habit of flipping that food around and checking out that nutrition facts label on the back. Everything you need to know to help get heart healthier foods is right there. Um, So canned products tend to be higher in sodium. So fresh and frozen tend to be best with in terms of vegetables. The frozen, I've noticed you have to start watching out for sauces. So there are so many cheese sauces and herb sauces and buttery sauces on top of the veggies. There are tons of frozen vegetables. Our selection of frozen vegetables has just skyrocketed with the volume of all the varieties. But you have to watch out for those sauces because they tend to add a little bit more sodium in. Quick fix ready prepared foods, so boxed meals or frozen meals tend to be really high in sodium, uh, condiments, sauces, right. things like that. And that's really a, sodium. kind of a different way of thinking because we used to tell people just don't salt your food when you get it to the table. Just right. you know, take your salt shaker off the table. And we still don't want people loading it down with salt when it gets to the table, but that is not the vast majority of where our salt is coming from. That's right. It it's is coming misnomer. from... Yeah. It is coming from packaged foods and starting out the recipes even that you're cooking at home with packaged type of uh, you know packaged gravy mixes packaged taco seasoning that kind right, of stuff right so a lot of them do have lower um sodium varieties of those mm-hmm. but i tell people make them 
make them from scratch. You know, mixed seasonings tend to yeah. have sodium added to mm-hmm. them. So even something simple like lemon pepper, mm-hmm. it's actually pretty high in sodium. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we, what I do is I get a mason jar, the little pint mason jars, mm-hmm. and I mix up our own taco seasoning mix just with the spices that you would have. You know, mm-hmm. the cumin and the chili pepper and that kind of stuff, and a little bit of salt, but nothing like the packaged variety has. And just keep those in the cabinet. Great and idea. That way, yeah. That way you have. And, you know, they're already ready for you. You're not having to mix them up every time you cook tacos, but it does lower the sodium down a little bit. So I just try and tell folks the least amount that's been done to your food, the better, right. um, because the more processed it is, the more sodium is going to be there. Um, now, I've had a lot of folks ask me about coconut oil they <laughs> want to slather that stuff on everything it's the new rage it is it is the it's new everywhere. rage what is the deal with coconut oil well they i hope that they play their pay their marketing <laughs> genius as well because they have just marketed it and marketed it and made it seem like this great healthy option the deal is is that we want to avoid the saturated fats very limit them less than seven percent of our calories need to come from saturated fats and coconut oil is 90 percent saturated fat it does have some what they call medium chain triglycerides that are uh, more easily burned and maybe don't affect the tri- the our cholesterol levels quite as much but still only a small percentage of the sat- the fat that's in there are those most of them are still a longer chain which affect our cholesterol. So it's still not really the greatest choice. It may not be the absolute worst, but it's definitely not the greatest. Right. So um, you mentioned saturated fats and kind of how we know. One of my rules when I'm picking an, an oil or some kind of fat to cook with, if it's solid at room temperature, then it's more saturated in nature. And, and so you'd want to pick, you know, a, a liquid oil over something that's Chunky when it's at room temperature. That's right. So we have a call from Diane in Meridian. Good morning, Diane. Diane, you're on Southern Remedy. Good morning. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. I I have begun. This is my day nine on the whole 30. Okay. Um, And I, I, I just tuned in, so I don't know whether you've already discussed it, but... When you, I did hear you say that if you cut out food groups, it's not good. And on the whole 30, um, you don't have dairy or grains or legumes or alcohol, you know. <laughs> but I've been on it nine days and I haven't had any heartburn. And that's unusual for me. So, and I'm cooking more, of course, because you can't eat any processed right. food and it's harder to eat out. What do you think? It's hard sometimes to pinpoint exactly what will make cause and effect. So why your heartburn is going down because you've changed so much. So um, it could be that you're just choosing lower fat foods and higher fat foods tend to increase heartburn. Um, Acidic foods do, caffeine does, the alcohol does. So cutting some of those foods out could be actually what... Are, is reducing your heartburn, which is which is great, but it's hard to attribute that to just one or two things. It could just be a byproduct of some of the other changes that you've made. I see. Well, have you heard of the Whole Thirty? I sure have. Well, what do you think generally? 
I think that it is something that you go on and go off of. So that's a red flag, number one. And the second big red flag is that it cuts out food groups. So it is a restrictive diet plan. So you will lose weight because you are cutting back. Um, But it's not really the long-term way to do that. Well, it's one thing it has done. I'm not eating any sugar at all, and and I'm not craving any sugar, which is unusual for me as well. (laughs) And that's great. And I was also really glad to hear you say that you were cooking more at home because any diet that you're using, just preparing the food at home is automatically going to be a healthier choice for you because you're controlling the amount of fat that you put in. You're controlling the amount of salt. You're controlling the amount of sugar. So focus on the parts of the Whole30 that are really foundational for making a lifestyle change, like preparing the majority of your meals at home, not eating refined sugar and packaged foods and that type of thing. But, you know, be, you know, be cautious because just like Olivia said, when you eliminate whole food groups, think about is that something you're going to be able to maintain for your lifetime? Because if it's... If it's not, you know, when you add those things back in, your weight may, weight loss may kind of even out and plateau or you may actually even gain a little bit back. And that tends to derail folks and they say, well, I'm, you know, I've kind of gained weight, so I might as well just go back to the way I was eating before. And that's not what we want you to do. So, um, you know, dairy is not evil. Uh, grains are not evil that you know they all um, fit in a balanced meal so I would just tell you going forward you know whatever um, meal plan you choose to follow make sure that it's something that you can sustain for your lifetime and that is good for you for your lifetime right so to make sure to include calcium and right. other sources. Because, you know, well. definitely because, you know, the fiber that Olivia mentioned is so important for heart health. And a lot of our fiber comes in grain grains. products. So when you cut oh. out, when you cut out grains, you cut out a lot of your fiber. And that really does help bring down cholesterol. And it also just keeps your GI system moving well um, and keeps uh, you from being constipated and that type of stuff. So, um, you know, Diane, I hope that we helped you a little bit. And oh, you have. Thank you so much. You're so welcome, and you have a great day, okay? Thank you. Yes, ma'am. You know, and Whole30 is a diet that I get lots of questions about. And, you know, just like you said, anytime you cut groups of food out, I just am very leery that anybody's going to be able to maintain that for a long period of time to say I'm never going to have this ever again um i know when somebody tells me i can't have something ever again <laughs> that's the first thing i want just makes me want to have that right. you know if somebody said you can never have cake ever again i would hide in the bathroom and eat a whole cake <laughs> you know just because so you know be very um cautious when you're eliminating things and really stop and think about what nutrients you're eliminating right. when you eliminate that food group and the long-term results effects of that effects of that uh, you know, Agreed. calcium, we mentioned in dairy. And, mm-hmm. you know, talk about calcium and why it's so important for us. Calcium is one of the components that helps make our bones strong. And um, females tend to lose more calcium as we age than men. It's still important in men, too. But if you want to continue to have the strong bones and reduce the risk of osteoporosis down the road, you really need to get that good sort that calcium in. And dairy is really one of the best sources 
if not the best source, I would say it's the best source yeah. of calcium. And, you know, uh, as we lose weight, it actually can make our bones thin as well. So, you know, cutting out dairy and losing drastic amounts of weight can affect our bone health. So we want to make sure that, you know, if you can't tolerate dairy, because there is a group of folks who just can't tolerate dairy, yes. you want to get calcium from another source. Um, what? And when we come back from the break, we'll talk about some different sources of calcium and where you can get those, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 And I have my guest here, Olivia McKay, registered dietitian, answering your questions about heart health and eating for a healthy heart. We'll see you after the break. Governor's Arts Awards, the Mississippi Arts Commission's annual recognition of the state's artistic and cultural heritage, will be presented on Thursday, February 16th at the Old Capitol Museum in downtown Jackson. Beginning at 6 p.m., MPB Think Radio will air the ceremony live as six creative Mississippians will be honored for their significant contributions to the arts. MPB TV will air the ceremony on February 23rd. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Electric car sales are on the rise, with new models offering longer range at lower prices. Once you hit that accelerator, you go, so I think it'll put a smile on anyone's face. Is this the moment they go mainstream, and will government support for clean cars continue? The consensus is that nobody knows what the heck is going to happen next. Nobody. Electric cars, this afternoon on All Things Considered, from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Dr. Josie Bidwell here with my guest, Olivia McKay, and we're answering your questions today about nutrition and how it relates to heart health and how to start making some changes to decrease your risk of heart disease. And we're going to go to the phones. We um, have a caller uh, in Mobile, Hilda, who's got a question about heartburn. 
and we're going to go right now to Hilda. Good morning, Hilda. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. What can we help you with today? Well, actually, I wanted to make a comment rather than a question. Okay. Um, I've had heartburn, oh, just many, many years, and I keep, you know, I work on it and take something for it and all of that, but I found recently that... uh, at least realize that when I eat um, foods that have the additive of citric acid, it makes a huge difference. And that's your jams and jellies and mm-hmm. fruits, juices, and, you know, you really have to read. But but staying off of it, it, you just really cut out a lot of my heartburn. Yes, ma'am, it does. Um, anything that raises the acid level in your stomach makes heartburn worse. So just like you were saying, the citric acids, also um, soft drinks, they have a lot of acid in them, mm-hmm. as well as the caffeine. And what the caffeine does is it kind of makes the muscle that controls the entrance from your esophagus into your stomach, it makes it a little lazy, makes it flop open, and that lets uh, the stomach acid kind of bounce back up into your esophagus and give you heartburn. Olivia, what are some other triggers for heartburn and things that we can kind of cut back on well the high fat foods that i mentioned um also mint flavored things will also do that and they all just like you said they either make the food sit longer in your stomach makes that acid production more makes it relaxed at the top so the acid jumps up into your uh, esophagus and throat so those are some of the things yeah i love that you mentioned mint because that a lot of folks don't realize that 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 mint essence, that essential oil from mm-hmm. the mint actually kind of relaxes that esophageal muscle and, and makes you have re- more reflux. Some tips that I have for heartburn that are completely unrelated to nutrition is to make sure that your clothes fit correctly. You know, when you wear pants that are too tight and they squeeze your midsection, that's just putting extra pressure on that muscle that can make it flop open. And then sleeping on a little bit of an elevation will help if you have heartburn as well. Right. So using some blocks to kind of raise the head of your bed about four to six inches just kind of helps gravity keep that uh, acid down into your stomach and doesn't let it reflux back up into your esophagus so hilda thank you so much for calling with your comment and sharing that with our listeners um that is you're exactly correct in that acidic foods tend to make that worse um spicy foods as Mm -hmm. well are also another one that can um trigger it thank you so much you're so welcome thank you And before we went on the break, we were talking about calcium. And if you can't get it, if you can't have a dairy product, what are some other foods that are kind of uh, high in calcium or is there a way to get it in our diet without drinking milk? There is, but if you're if you're lactose intolerant, if that's why you're not getting in dairy, I would really encourage you to try some of the lactose-free dairy products. It already has that milk sugar broken down, so your body doesn't have to do it and should not cause all those GI problems. Um, also, yogurt tends to be a lot lower in lactose, so that usually is tolerated better than milk, cheese, cream, and ice cream and those types of um, in people that are lactose intolerant. Other sources there's always supplementation and that's not a bad idea if you really aren't getting it in somewhere and some vegetables have a little but they just don't have very much there's not going to be other great food sources um, for calcium there's some but not as good as not as good as the original source and so that kind of brings me to this general idea of supplementing things in our diet instead of eating them from the food you know fiber we can get fiber supplements are those a good idea or is it is it bad to use a fiber supplement? It's not bad. 
food is always going to be the best source. It tends to be absorbed better, utilized better by the body. So there are some nutrients that you just don't get as much. If you ate a supplement that had the exact same much as, amount as the food, you're going to absorb more and utilize more from the food source than you would from the supplement. But supplements can, can, can help a little bit, but I would always turn to food first. Right, always kind of go to that original source. The same, uh, what about with uh, vitamins? And, you know, should we take vitamins or are most of those attainable through good nutrition? They are absolutely attainable through good nutrition. But again, if you feel like you're not getting a great balance, so, you know, kids that aren't eating tons of fruits and vegetables where a lot of the vitamins and minerals are, if they're not eating a good variety of those, then a, then a multivitamin may be beneficial to kind of hedge their bets, if you will. But uh, food's always going to be the best source. But if you want a little bit more of some certain like heart healthy, like omega threes, then that a supplement of that, if you maybe really don't like fish, really don't like tuna, I'm not going to eat those. I have people turn their nose up when I mention that mm-hmm. for their omega threes, then a supplement might be beneficial. And I want to talk to you more about omega threes. And I hope that some of our listeners want to talk with us about um, heart healthy fats as well. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four with your questions about heart healthy nutrition and how to lower your risk of heart disease. So what is the deal with omega three fatty acids? Because that's kind of a hot button word that you hear everybody say, I need my omega threes. What is that? Omega-3s have a um, a protective quality to them. They're, they reduce oxidation inside of our blood vessels, which cause the damage inside the vessels. So they're cardioprotective. So that's why we, they're anti-inflammatory. Right. So that's why we want to try to get some of those in. You were talking about that oxidative stress, and the way I like to think about that is it's potholes. You know, um, it makes you know your blood vessels. I consider kind of your the highways of your body driving around the blood and nutrients and oxygen. And when we have things that cause oxidative stress to our blood vessels, it almost makes little pit marks in them or like potholes that can then be filled up with cholesterol and plaque and that's what leads to um, heart attacks and strokes so um, to further that analogy um, the good cholesterol hdl is like the bus that comes and picks up the picks up the garbage garbage that's that's stuck in that pothole to take it out whereas the ldl the when we consider the bad cholesterol is the one that actually deposits more garbage on top of that pothole to build up and develop that blocking i'm loving the way we're thinking about this that works well and it is it's exactly how it's uh, how it happens and so how do we get omega-3s omega-3s are naturally found in colder water fish like Salmon and tuna is good sources. Walnuts, flaxseed are good sources. And things are supplemented in all different types of foods. You see um, different products that have some added to it. And again, we may not be able to utilize some of that as well as the natural source. So just keep that in mind. Coming from the natural source is better. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the cold water fish like um, salmon and tuna. Mm -hmm. Now, do canned Salmon and tuna carry the this, this similar nutritional benefits? You can get the omega-3s from those, right? I, I do recommend just for heart health not to get the ones added in oil to try to get the water. And they have a low-sodium version of that, too. So those that would be the best version of, of the canned tuna. 
Good. You know, sometimes fish is, is may not be as easily accessible for um, some folks uh, right. if they're not, you know, living in a, um, the metro area. and Or cooking it. Or I'm cooking. As, I know. I'm not as good a fish And it's expensive, and so like I'm afraid to, to uh, buy it and then... You waste know, it kill it with my <laughs> terrible fish cooking skills right. so the canned can be an option for you and then you mentioned nuts and so what is a serving size of nuts it's very small yes. i mentioned walnuts uh four walnut halves Ooh, six almonds is a serving so it is quite small it's even smaller than the handful that right. most people probably think is the healthy serving size and, you know, the back of the package says one ounce, yeah, and I don't know anybody who carries a scale around with them to measure no. out their one ounce. <laughs> and really, it's kind of hard to conceptualize what is an ounce of, of nuts. So that was excellent that you mentioned, you know, six almonds or four walnut halves are a serving. And most people, when I, well, when I tell them that, they're, they look Their at face me. kind of drops. Like, why would I do that? That's not <laughs> enough nuts to fill me up. And you're right. It's not enough nuts to fill you up. And you shouldn't be trying to fill up on any one thing. You want to pair items that are going to give you the biggest bang for your buck as far as keeping you fuller, longer, and meeting nutritional guidelines. Right. So what are good snacks to kind of, if we're wanting to get our omega-3s from those nuts, what can we put with those nuts to kind of I, I always us? try to pair a good protein source with a good carbohydrate source. So the nuts are a heart-healthy fat, and they're also a good source of protein. So a good pair with that would be a whole grain. So if you wanted to do um, some graham crackers with some almond butter or fruit, I love fruit with nuts or fruit with nut butter. So that would be a great pair as well. Yeah, apple and walnuts is kind of my go-to snack throughout the day. They pair well together. Um, I have people ask about dried fruits a lot. What's your opinion on dried fruits? I know what my opinion is on dried fruits. What is your opinion on dried fruits? I think dried fruits are fine as long as we need to watch. Sometimes they add uh, things to them like sugar. They sweeten them. Um, but the the big portion control issue is there. A serving of dried fruits is tiny, right? It's very small, about two tablespoons of raisins or two dried apricots. It's very small. And I know I picked up some packages thinking I was getting dried fruits and I was actually getting more um, dehydrated and fried right. fruits. Right. They were right. had a lot of oil added to them. So just be careful with the packaging too. Right. So, you know, they can definitely fit in your um, diet, but I sprinkle mine on top of my oatmeal. That's if I'm going to use dried fruit, that's how I do that. I don't use it as that snack, it's snack because itself. it's not big enough. It's, it's just like those nuts. It'll make you mad. It <laughs> makes me mad when I look at it. I just know that that's not going to fill me up when I look at that. So definitely something that you can do and add into your diet, but it's not, you know, got to be very cautious on the, the serving Sorry. size that you do with those types of things and that's true for all of our foods so true. let's talk about the difference between portion and the difference between that and serving size because our nutritional labels the, all the information on the back of a nutritional label is referring to a serving size that's not necessarily the portion that we give ourselves. No, it's not. And actually, the serving size listed on those labels are not standardized either. They're becoming a little bit more like-minded between different brands within a group, but they're not all the same. If you pick up a cereal box, you'll see different serving sizes on every box. Right. So just what the serving that they recommended is not always what you should be eating. And that surely is not the serving, that the portion, as you mentioned, that we're feeding ourselves. 
So, if you want to um, ask us questions about portion size, serving size, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send us an email at fit at mpbonline dot org, and we'll answer your questions after the break. administration's first 100 days and the news is coming fast. Protesters arrived here. Keystone XL pipeline. The Affordable Care Act. Refugee admissions for 100. All things considered, we'll be here to help you make sense of it all. Listen every day. For MPB's Moments in Black History, we highlight Hiram Rebels. Born a free black in North Carolina, Rebels became a preacher throughout the Midwest and the South. After moving to Natchez, Rebels was elected as the first African-American member of the U.S. Senate in 1870. After his time in Congress, Hiram Revels became the president of what is now Alcorn State University. This has been MPB's Moment in Black History. News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Dr. Josie Bidwell here with my guest, Olivia McKay, registered dietitian at Wellness Systems. And we're answering your questions today about heart healthy diets and how to eat for your healthy heart. And before we went to the break, we were talking about portion sizes and serving sizes and that they're not the same thing. So a portion is what we give ourselves to eat. It's how much we put onto our plate. And a serving size is what is the recommended amount. And they are very often not the same thing. Um, We talked about serving sizes that are listed on the back of the products and that those are often not even what the recommended serving size is for a particular food. So talk to me a little bit about that and kind of what a recommended serving size is for, let's say, a whole grain. A whole grain recommended serving size is one ounce. And so that translates to about a slice of bread, about um, a half to three quarters of a cup of cereal, depending on the cereal. And that's generally speaking, some may be a little bit even smaller than that, like a brand Right, the little brand nibbles. Or yeah, the little, yeah, I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. But, and, you know, cereal is 
kind of a trap that I often see people fall into. And, you know, it's it's quick and it's easy, which yes. is, is great for convenient. busy families. It's convenient. But the portion size that I see folks going for is nowhere near the appropriate size. You know, most of us don't measure our cereals out. We just uh, get our bowl out. We fill it up with cereal and we top it off with milk. And that winds up being probably a cup and a half to two cups of cereal when, the, when it's all said and done about that. And just like we mentioned, the nutritional information that's on the back of the box is just talking about whatever it says that serving size is. So if it's a mm-hmm. half a cup and it says there's, you know, 200 calories in that half a cup and you have Whoa. two <laughs> cups in your bowl, you know, you're talking about, you know, over half of your calories for the day right there in that little cereal bowl. And, and people kind of wonder, you know, they don't think they're eating unhealthy, so why am I not losing weight? That may be one of the reasons is the portion size, while you're not doing it intentionally, is just way more than you need. Right. But I hear people say a small amount of cereal, half a cup of cereal, is not going to fill me up. And it's not, but it shouldn't, doesn't have to be your whole breakfast. So what are some things that you would want to add in a breakfast plate to kind of meet nutritional needs and fill you up and keep you full? Well, to start, it is okay to have two servings of that starchy group, whether it's a grain or um, a starchy vegetable at a meal. It's okay to have two servings. So if a half a cup is a serving, it's okay to have a cup. But Mm -hmm. I always shoot for at least three food groups for breakfast and four or higher for other meals. So if you have cereal, then that's the starchy grain group. So how about adding some protein? Always need that protein in there. So whether it's a few nuts, sliced almonds to sprinkle on top, keeping the serving size appropriate, have the milk and make sure to drink it. I'm not a big um, milk drinker after it's been in cereal. So I pour a cup and pour some on my cereal. And then what about topping it off with fruit? So that you're getting the starchy grain, the fruit, the protein, the fat from the nuts, and milk. Five food groups in that one bowl. Still all in that one little bowl, Mm -hmm. still completely portable. Um, And what I actually do is, you know, I buy just the plain cereal, and then I add my own things to it. Instead of buying the cereals that already have the nuts and the fruits and all those things added to them, again, I can't control how much sugar they put in that. I can't control, you know, if they coat those nuts with anything else to make them taste delicious. So, you know, I'll add my own uh, nuts, my own raisins, that kind of stuff to my cereal. That's a great trick because raisin bran cereal, you think bran is wonderful for the heart. It's got that good soluble fiber. It helps bring down the cholesterol. The raisins will give you some fruit. That's good. But when you pour it in the bowl, you see lots of little white specks everywhere. There's so much sugar Mm -hmm. added. So you would be better off getting brand flakes and then adding your own serving of raisins so you'll know how much is added it's not too much and then so on from there right you're correct those raisins are they're coated in this little white case of of sugar and it's just not needed now i do have folks who say i have to have sweetener in my cereal so what's your stance on artificial sweeteners and and can they fit in a healthy diet plan I think they're fine as long as they're limited or in moderation. Studies have shown that eating sweetener increases our desire to eat sweet foods and and possibly cause weight gain. So we have to watch out for that. But a little bit of sweetener here and there, I think is fine. Just no eating it by the spoonfuls. Right, right. So, you know, I have to have it in my oatmeal. I just have to. You know, I can't eat oatmeal if it doesn't have a little sweet taste to it. Right. But again, I don't go for the packets of oatmeal that are already sweetened. 
because right. I don't know how much stuff they've put in there. Lots. I go ahead. Yes, lots, <laughs> lots. And and there's salt in that as well. <laughs> Why is there salt in my sweet breakfast? But uh, so I do go ahead and make those packets up myself as well. I do that on Sunday afternoons. That's just kind of my way to prepare my um, meals for the week. And that way you can control how much stuff you're adding into your diet. Yes. So we've uh, hit lots of good topics today about heart health. If there were a kind of a couple of kind of parting comments that you would like to leave with our listeners that are wanting to make healthy changes to their diets, what are some of your kind of top things? Well, we want to choose the good heart healthy oils. The canola, olive and peanut oils are going to have be the best in the monounsaturated fats. Read the label, check out, make sure there's no trans fats in that and low saturated fats. And also watch out for that sodium on that label. I've so enjoyed having you today. My guest has been Olivia McKay, registered dietitian. And if you have questions that you just didn't get into us today, you can email me at fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back next week as we continue our series on American Heart Month. And we will have my guest from University Wellness Centers to talk with us about fitness and exercising for a healthy heart. So I hope to talk with you next week on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. Thank you.